0: We have a, a treat this morning of a video you'll see with Bishop Ben Quashi and Quig. Quig's been out for the surgery for his hip. He's got a brand new hip. So the next time you see him, ask him if he wants to run laps. No, just kidding. Don't do that. But um, it's a great video. You're going to see between the two of them. The scripture they're in is Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 42. So if you've got your Bible, you're using your phone app, you want to be in Acts chapter 2, uh, verses 42 to 47. And uh, please enjoy the teaching. All right, I'm here with my great friend, Archbishop Benjamin Kwashi from Jos, Nigeria. Um, We've become such great friends. And I don't even know how the Lord did it, but it's been great. Yeah, I just love the way God brings people together. Yeah. But uh, could you just, maybe a couple seconds, tell them why are you here?
1: I'm here, first of all, with grateful hearts to receive treatment for colon cancer that now they've discovered it also has affected my liver. So I'm here basically for this treatment. Um, and yeah. you asked me to come when I came. <laughs> yeah. And we believe
0: that the Lord working uh, through all these friends, a lot of them Christian friends, right? Yes. yes. Uh, it, uh, and using medicines and his own healing touch. He doesn't need anybody. Mm. That we believe that he is going to heal you. But, he, but as Habakkuk said, even if he doesn't, we're still going to praise
1: him. Absolutely.
0: Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing before we get into the Bible text we want to go there. What is it like to be a Christian at the point of a spear where the radical Islamic Muslim fundamentalist sect Boko Haram is killing Christians and burning churches down. Is is that real or is that just an occasional thing?
1: It's real. (laughs) It's real. And honestly, I think that, so that I don't take all your time, there's a book about me. It's called Neither Bomb Nor Bullet. It's um, Amazon. It's on uh, um, every portal of um, books. Um, And then another one, Gloria, the archbishop's wife, they tell all the stories about the persecutions that we've gone through and other Christians have gone through in northern Nigeria. But the persecutions are real. We have escaped several times purely, I believe, to testify on behalf of those who have been killed and died. And God has given us this opportunity to speak in their behalf. But these persecutions are real. Up to last week, a pastor in Jaws kidnapped five weeks ago by Boko Haram. They're demanding a huge ransom. They might slaughter him. Last year, they slaughtered another pastor like that. So that's what we live with. But we're living a thriving Christian life, knowing that he who called us
0: will take us through. And the reason I find this so important right now is we're in a time of COVID, a time where people are seeing decreased income and their family members are sick. They're sick. Um, People are wondering, like, are these the end times? And they feel very estranged from maybe the Lord even, but I think having somebody that's actually walked through suffering, really terrible suffering, um, your witness alone really helps encourage us that with God's help, we can walk through this season. We can walk this
1: season with hope. When I gave my book to Dr. Ellis and to Janad and to Bob and to Paul and to others, I said to them, the title of the book is Neither Bomb Nor Bullet. Now we can add neither cancer, but when you take all of those together and put it in our context, and knowing that COVID also affects us as it affects you, what is our way of escape? We don't have the kind of hospitals that you have, we don't have the kind of research that you have, we don't have the healthcare that you have, we don't even have sufficient, Mm. and yet, in all of this, the Lord has put us to thrive in faith, to bear witness to his grace and power. This is as a result of Peter's first sermon and the people who had come to buy and sell and enjoy the festival of Pentecost. Yeah, just a good time, right? Just having a good time and going back. Suddenly after the sermon, they refused to go back home. They now are settled and are asking the apostles, What next? What do we do? So a social problem arose immediately Mm. because for days, this is just a few weeks after that, they've been there. How did they feed? There were women there. There were children there. Yes. There were probably some pregnant women too. There were people with all kinds of problems. Mm. So what we're seeing here is without a devotion, the church could never have come to birth.
0: Right. And, and that's one of the things that I know the Lord's working with me. I, before I apply it to anyone else, I need to apply it to myself. Absolutely. Right? Same for me. It's easy same to point same. a finger, but I need to start here. It's true. Right? Pull the beam out of my eye, mm. so then I can see clearly. Yeah. But the point is, I need to be devoted. And what are the things the Lord's given us? He's given us many, but in this passage, there are four. They devoted
1: themselves to the apostles' teaching. The Bible was not written yet. It wasn't yes. complete. Right. So what were they teaching? They were teaching the Old Testament. Right. Peter was referring them and showing them that the Messiah had been prophesied. You see, God is a God of promise. He has now fulfilled his promise. And that this crucified Messiah, Joel, he had promised the coming of the Holy Spirit. So what Joel 2, right. Joel, Joel two. Two. Yeah, So yeah, what yeah. we're teaching you from the Old Testament is a fulfillment of a promise. We have a God who keeps promise and is fulfilling his promise in his word. So it takes them back to Isaiah and it takes them back to Genesis. So the whole of God's word here, the counsel of God is his word. And he was teaching this early disciple to be devoted to God's word.
0: Oh, I love it. And I love the fact that, see, a lot of Christians in America now are saying, oh, we don't need the Old Testament. We had a very famous evangelist. I won't mention names. No, <laughs> he, he basically said, you know, I really don't need it. But that's, that's insane, right? <laughs> All scripture just God breathed. All scripture. And, and what scripture did Jesus use, by the way? Same. Old the Testament. same, right. Mm-hmm. So this idea that we throw it away, that's Marcionism. It's a heresy. When I fell
1: sick. You invited me, you just said, come. You don't have the means to solve my problem, but please come, we'll find a way. Mm-hmm. So coming is fellowship. Amen. Meeting together that we can see face to face. And then you introduced me to Bob, never known Bob before. You introduced me to Janet, never known those people. See, fellowship is linking brothers and sisters in the faith. These are people who are from Africa, from Europe, from Palestine from ever, fellowship coming together, yeah. And, and one of the things we prayed, let me tell you, I think your people will be very happy to hear this, but afraid too. Because Gloria and I tested COVID three times before we took our flight, because we said, Lord, these people have invited us to come, may we not bring disease to them? We want to come because of Christ's sake, amen. And so, when we came to the hospital and we were tested and we were COVID free, we said, Lord, these people out of their love and generosity and kindness. We will not be a problem to them. Fellowship is solving problems of one another. Fellowship is caring for each other, knowing that this guy needs something. I don't care your race. I don't care where you're coming from. But in Christ Jesus, when they see how Christians are fellowshipping, unbelievers will come and join. That's what the Bible says. And daily more were being added because as you come together, Not neglecting Hebrews 10. Not neglecting... To come together one with another. Right. You come together.
0: So the interesting thing is in America, a lot of people say, well, you know, I don't really need the church. It's filled with hypocrites. And I just go, my, my, my. (laughs) Yes, we are hypocrites. We need a savior. But the Bible commands it. Like you cannot be part of the body of Christ if you're not part of the body of Christ. If you just sit at home and never engage with the Lord's church. Right? So it's not really an option. Look... Speak truth,
1: Bishop. There's not a single human being on earth that's without a major fault. Right. But that fault never gets out of you by staying away. (laughs) It is by coming to fellowship that you meet with somebody else who tells you, "Brother, I also used to have this problem. And you're encouraged to drop yours. Because in focusing on the cross and to the Savior, on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. you are daily, as you're looking up to Jesus, are you being renewed and transformed from one degree of glory to another?
0: Yes. And the thing I love about the fellowship, it it is worship. Absolutely. They met in the temple courts and house to house, temple courts and house to house. We see it later. Um, They were together, they were together, they were together. They attended the temple together.
1: See, fellowship calls into sacrifice in a way that you you, you just do you just give your everything. Amen. Fellowship demands of you because tomorrow you might be the one on need too. Eh. And fellowship <laughs> is not, again, you know,
0: people in the church can hurt each other and they can bite bite you and all that. Mm. However, has has our fellowship been sweet? Brilliant. Yeah. It continues. It, it's a blessing. It's in spite of. Yeah. Where will you go? Yeah. so apostles teaching God's word mm-hmm. fellowship what mm-hmm. else did they do
1: they broke bread
0: what does that mean sister Schubert's buttered roll no I mean, way no, way, no what is, way what is
1: that reference no to? way you know I spent two I spent a week in hospital I, by the second week I was begging you brother please give me holy communion yeah there is a mystery about breaking the bread Jesus himself said it if you if you if you do not eat my body you're not part of me and he says, You must do this always in remembrance of me. There's a mystery, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11. There's a mystery about this Holy Communion. If you come as a sinner and you cry at the communion table and you take the communion, unworthy though you may be, but you are willing to repent without any big preacher talking to you, Jesus will meet you at your point. If you come with the needs of your children, of health, or anything it may be, at this table, believe me, I cannot express it more than I'm saying, there's a mystery at the breaking of bread where God meets with his people because where two or three are gathered, he is there.
0: Yeah, and it's not just something the church made up. No. Jesus said he was known to them the breaking of bread. The the cup that we share is not a cup of fellowship. It is. The bread that we break. Mm -hmm. Right, and so something very powerful is going on that even goes beyond our our rational faculties, where the Holy Spirit is doing a deep,
1: deep work. Amen, and you know, Paul said some people took it unworthily and died. I know. It's a mystery. All
0: right, so we have apostles teaching, we have fellowship, breaking of bread, Mm -hmm. but something else, and this is an area I struggle in personally. It's an area I struggle in. I tend to be very lazy with this. However, God is so good, the Holy Spirit is so good, sometimes He just whacks me upside the head. So what's the fourth thing the early church was devoting themselves to? They continued to meet together. And they, and prayers, and, and the prayers, prayers, and the and prayers. Prayed. Yeah, and so talk to me about prayers, because we pray by ourselves, we pray together. But in this case, they were praying together. Mm-hmm. Now, I've had people say, oh, those prayers, those liturgical prayers, they're so boring. Well, the thing they don't understand is the Jews had, like I think it was 17 or 18 prayers. They prayed in the synagogue Every, Every time they met. And you know what? To be honest with you, I, I love free-form prayer. But I also now love ways we pray together. Because a lot of times when you go to free-form prayer, it just goes off the reservation. And you hear the same four or five people praying about things nobody can even hear, much less relate to. But this gives us a
1: way as a body to pray together. You see, prayer, don't forget, these people came together to learn. They came together to learn God's word. Mm. They came together to learn how to fellowship because this the, the context of this culture here is not as simple as yours in America, black and white. No, the several nations were here. People who didn't know what toilet was, people who don't have any idea mm. of table manners, people who had no courtesy, people who were ruffians, people who were thieves, people who came to do some business to for other people. All these people repented in one day. And so the, the character... Mm. Being formed here was not a simple business. Yeah. So when they came here, they came to learn God's word. They came to learn curtsies, politeness, discipline. How do we behave mm. as Christians? Mm. They came to learn also how do we fellowship. They came to learn what's the meaning of the Holy Communion. They came to learn more than anything else how to pray. Yes. And prayer is listening. Prayer is speaking to God, praising Him. It's also praying for each other, right? You've been praying for me. I've been praying for you. These people had no idea about Jesus' teaching in Matthew 6 when you come to pray. So they have to learn. And so those who argue that the liturgical prayers are boring, they've not read them. Yeah. If you read those things, you learn how to pray. You hear the words I was reading today of Kramer's Collect, And he says, Father, you sent your son Jesus to us in love. Amen. In Jesus came to us in love. Not because he came in love to save a world that crucified him. Amen. That was a calling.
0: The thing I love about prayers, and it took me a while to get there. I'm 61. It took me until I was about 50 mm. before I started to really appreciate it. But the thing I realized is the prayers that, that we've been using the Anglican Church yeah. are just scripture arranged so we can pray together. It's Hallelujah. Bible, 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 yes. Bible. Yes, yes, yes.
1: I can tell you that because I've, I've looked at Cramer's prayers and and, and uh, I'm writing something about that and it's all from scripture.
0: Praise God. And so we see them devoted devoting themselves to the teaching apostles teaching the fellowship breaking the bread and the prayers mm. but what was the um, result of that because we could be here three hours we don't have three hours we got to wrap this thing up.
1: Yeah we've got to wrap it up.
0: So what was it yeah what was the payoff if you will what was the result of them devoting themselves to these four things?
1: Well you see first of all they discovered that their nearest neighbor may not be the person they will live together with in heaven. Their nearest neighbor was a fellow believer, but he lived way out in Turkey. Mm. They met on Pentecost Day. They're going to meet in heaven Yes, together. They found out that they were nearer together in Christ than they were nearer in their nationalities. Yes, that'll preach. So they, they began to find this mystical body of Jesus Christ Hidden in people, beyond race, beyond boundaries, beyond oceans, yes. and so coming together was a non-negotiable, mm. as far as
0: they were concerned. And was this boring? No, no. It, what does the Bible say it, right it, it here, in verse forty-three? It comes, and be. it says, "And awe came upon every soul." Awe. Oh. Oh, like it blew their mind what God was doing Mm -hmm. in their lives Mm -hmm. all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles God cares about his people he cares when people are sick he cares when people are sad he cares when people are struggling Mm -hmm. and so the apostles were doing mighty works of God and people would see that and give thanks to the Lord and what else was happening look at verse 44 it says all who believed were what you keep seeing this word
1: (laughs) uh where are we,
0: all who believe we are together? Together, 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 together.
1: Together. <sighs> say something to Americans. Verse 46, <laughs> together. You know, the mistake that we see in Africa, is that Western civilization has done a little harm speak, to you. Speak, no, speak, brother, honestly, No, brother, no. honestly, I'm yeah, telling you. Yeah, this means. is civilization. Is that you are independent. Oh, yeah. And, and you are isolated. We are. And, 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 and you're, you're just on your own. Yeah. And I'm saying to the Christians in Africa, we need to help our brothers in the West and our sisters. Mm-hmm. Because you remember the story you were telling me you were trying to help one girl in Uganda and she tell you, "And not just me, we're seven. Right, right. <laughs> right, right. Yes. We, we are family. Yes. We cannot be... Isolated and independent, only myself and me and my children. No, it's myself, me, my children, and my church family. Yes. We must care for each other. We're a huge family. In Africa, I learned from with working with Gloria that the best people to evangelize first are women, and which is the case in this first, you know, happened here. Because in Africa, if you evangelize one woman, she's going to bring her children to church. She's going to be seven people with two yeah. other dependents, nine church girls,
0: yeah. women. And so we see awe, and God's Together. just doing many things, right? Yeah. Mm. And it says, uh, verse 45, they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Well, we're not suggesting socialism or communism. No. But I think the way you and Gloria live, I mean, your salary by American standards is this big. Uh, but what you accomplish <laughs> on this amount of money Brother, it's mind-blowing. It's, it really is a miracle. You ask me how do I get money. <laughs> how do you feed all those people? Seriously, how do you clothe and give medicine and educate
1: and feed 70-some orphans at one time and 470 kids in the school? Look, brother, let me tell you two things. First of all, I will would, I would, I would plead with our brothers and sisters in the West, please, as you're listening to me. Being together is not an easy business. You've got to look out for somebody else. Look, you have to. You just have to move yourself out of your comfort zone and try to talk to somebody. But what if I don't want to, Ben? Brother, you have to. The Spirit of the Lord who has inspired this verse needs you to do that. It's not what you want. It's what God wants. Gotta preach. Excuse me. You gotta do it. Amen. Because, you see, how do I do it? I'm a fairly Western boy, too. Believe me. So... I planned my retirement. I want to buy a sports car. (laughs) And then Gloria now has ruined all of that. So I don't have any retirement plans because she keeps bringing in You're you're there this afternoon. She's bringing in blessing into the house. All the time. time, time. One here, one there. So I found that this is a blessing to my life. The little money I'm trying to save because of retirement. No, no, let let somebody eat it. Let somebody grow. Let somebody have an opportunity of school. Let somebody have an opportunity of life. I may even die before retirement, so I won't even need any benefit. I said, I'm pretty sick now, but I'm recovering. I'm going to live pretty long, I guess. So I think we have to think the mind of God when it comes to these issues. Because together, and sharing yes. has to do with God. You know, a, a verse just popped in my mind. I,
0: um, it, it says, how can you say that you love God, who you cannot see, if you don't love your brother, who you do see? You know, that my friend in Uganda, she was living in a slum, and uh, her little slum it was terrible. It's dirt floor, it's rain, mm. um, she's been assaulted, it's just terrible. But every night I get in my comfortable bed and the Holy Spirit would not let me rest, mm. would not let me rest. And so... I just see um, how important it is to, to use what we have, not what we don't have, but use what we have for the king's purposes. And the question is, is that a heavy burden? No. 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 no you no. don't
1: look burned, bro. Look, I've found real joy, and I've found this with all people who have done. There's a brother in England right now who has written me five times asking me, Ben, what can I send to you to help you? Five yeah. times. I'm going to respond to him this week because Christmas is coming with the children. I found that when you are generous, you just become a conduit of God's blessings to other people. That's pretty you, fun you, you, No, no, no. You lose nothing. Yeah, and it's such a joy because Jesus came and gave. He gave us the example of generosity. He did. He gave everything and didn't lack anything. And I found that the moment you choose to be a conduit of God's blessings, the joy is unspeakable. Do you really mean that? Believe me. And you better do. Tell them. Look in the camera. Look, I'm a bishop. <laughs> I'm telling the you truth, folks. <laughs> I'm telling the truth, folks. It's I mean, because when Gloria started this, she started with just water and chocolate. No sugar, no milk. And I came to visit. There were about 120 children at that time. I said, Gloria, no, no, no. We can do better than this. I'll buy them bread. She said, no, Ben, can you? I said, I'll buy them bread. We bought bread. Following week, I came again. There was bread and just water. I said, no, we can do better than that. Let's give them rice. Let's give them some food. Then let's not start when we're not finished. We started. Children became 200. They became 300. They became 400. They get meals, and now we have a clinic. Now we have that cares for their health, and we, we provide. I mean, the provision. If you ask me how we're doing it, I don't know. Because if you ask the apostles how they were doing it, they don't know. 3,000 people. I'm just 400. 3,000 people.
0: That's why I said an awe came upon. It has all. to be We might have gotten into some of the application during the meat of the passage, which is great. Mm-hmm. But I really want you to speak to me and to the church in America, to our church, and, and, and say, you know, from what you've learned in this passage, what do you believe the Lord is speaking to the people in America? Because we're a relatively affluent group of people. We're all in the top 10% of the wealthiest people that have ever lived, most in the top 2%. And we feel, oh God, have you left us in this time of COVID? What would you, what would you say by way of application?
1: First of all, let us agree, according to God's word, that affluence is God's blessings. It's not a reason for an excuse. It is God's blessings to appreciate what God has given, what he has done, so that we become a conduit of other blessings to other people. So that's straightforward. Now, the text we have just looked at now is a sine qua non for any church, Christian people, family, if we are going to thrive... As Christians, because this is the first thing God gave to the apostles to set up the first church. The Mm. principles never change. We must be devoted to God's word. We must be devoted to the apostles' teaching in God's word. We must be devoted to the breaking of bread. We must be devoted to the breaking of bread in the Holy Communion. We must be devoted to the fellowship and to the sharing. We must be a generous people, a giving people, as we've received grace. We must be devoted. All of those cover within devotions, but we must be devoted to coming together, for that is where our witness is most strong. This cuts across COVID. We've got to find ways behind COVID.
0: Right. Unless anybody says, oh, Archbishop, you're just putting heavy legalisms like the Pharisees. You're putting a burden on my back, but not lifting them up. What you would attest, what you've told me, Mm -hmm. is these things being devoted to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayers, uh,
1: that's not bondage. That's actually freedom. Thank you. You've answered the question. That's your freedom. You want to be a Christian, this is the way. There's no other way here because the healthiest churches, if you check, this is the principles they have adopted. I think that about settles it.
2: We're surrounded by these hungry lions, staring in the chosen death. We reach for safety. mighty horses. Can you feel the driving wind? Behold the crashing waves. The same people of the land bound beneath the weight of all your sorrows we'll turn around while you still can there's no guarantee we'll see tomorrow the doors are open wide. will we choose death